Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. Open House Around Australia with Lee Hatcher. And now, the human condition. Yes, tonight we have also a very special announcement. Our Open House human condition guru, Lynn Worsley, is author for the second time around. She's taken her world-first concept of the resilience donut another step further to uncover the secret of strong adults. She should know because she's one of the strongest, wisest people I know. Lynn, welcome back. (laughs) Great to see you. I think this is a great title and an important title. Oh, it is. It is. So why the secret of strong adults, Lynn? Okay. Now, I I, um, wrote a book in 2006 called The Secret of Strong Kids, which was also based on the resilience donut model. And when I wrote that book, I just made it a really um, practical and usable tool and people just kept coming to me and saying oh this is so good this is wonderful but can we have one for adults as well and it looks like it actually works for adults and so when I went and back went back to the research because I'm a psychologist and psychologists like to look at research before they do anything of course um and I found that the research really applied very well and uh, looked at the used the resilience donut model as well so I have tweaked it I've changed it I have used the research a little bit to um, to guide my uh, adult donut, and um, and now we have it. I'd like to talk to you about the research in just a tick. For now, for people, I suppose, not so familiar with the resilience donut model, give us a bit of an overview of that. Okay. The resilience donut model is the shape of a donut. Yes. Okay. We've got an inside circle and an outside circle, and the inside circle is a it has all of the characteristics that, that make us strong. And uh, that might be things that we can do to change our circumstances, our skills. It might be about um, who we have in our life that we can call on and how we think about ourselves. Now, that's that's what we have. That's like our baggage. That's us. Yeah. That's us. And it's affected by all the things that have happened in our lives. But we have surrounded uh, surrounding us is our external factors. And they're the factors that affect us now in the day-to-day and they're the things that interact with us and so the exter- the donut itself is really made up of seven different factors in that external ring. Run them through. Okay the first factor is for the adult donut mm. is a partner factor, okay. the next one is a skill, the third one is a family factor, um, so extended family as well as your own family, uh, next one is your education or your involvement in training and professional development. The next one again is friends. Then you've got your community. You've got and then you've got your work. And these are again all external to what the basic core of us is about. Yes. Yeah. So so basically, the donut is about navigating and negotiating. So the resilience for people who are very resilient, they have the ability to navigate and and negotiate very well socially in their lives. Yeah. So when they're going through something tough, they can call on the various areas in their life in a much more usable and friendly and uh, practical ways. So tell us about the research that you've found and that you've used to compile the secret to strong adults. Yes. Well, first of all, what I did was that I went and had a look at what it is that um, is how, how people are evidently in resilient. So how is it how is it that they show their resilience? As grown-ups. As grown-ups. Um, for children, it's quite different. They're sort of navigating and negotiating and learning the process. For adults, it's quite different. So you actually might see that some people bounce back 
Um, and that's sort of like they have a trauma, they have something that they've gone through and they bounce back fairly quickly. And that's what we call recovery. That's like a resilient response that's good recovery. Um, other people show that they sustain their resilience. So they might be going through someone, you know, might have a loved one with cancer or mental illness, or they have someone who's really um, going through something that's really long term, like in a war zone, and they're able to sustain their living. And, uh, and that's called sustainability, in, and that's an, a resilient response. Another one is that they've gone through something really traumatic and really difficult, yet they've come out of it with growth. And that's what we would call post-traumatic growth. Okay. Now, a lot of people show all three of those. Um, some people just show one or other of those, and, and all of those are resilient. And a lot of those, or all of those, I guess, are a product of our environment. Yes, those things in our childhood even that have created who we are. That's right, that's right. And so when we've had baggage in our lives, that's the internal circle, sometimes that affects how we interact with the external circle. So it can mean that we change our response to things or we react too quickly because of the past. But if we've had experiences in the present which are loving and caring and sharing and, and enable us to grow, we can actually change our internal baggage. My guess is not much of the research probably came as a surprise to you. Not not much. No, no. although I really did enjoy it. I really enjoyed yeah, picking up um, research on resilient old people, ageing resiliently. And there's this wonderful um, stories of people who have gone through really traumatic incidences and then they've reflected back on them. And uh, those people who are resilient in their ageing process um, we have an enormous amount to learn from. So. I always remember a quote from Billy Graham's latest book, Nearing Home, that growing old isn't for the faint-hearted. No. I'm sure that's true. No, no, and we've got it all ahead of us. Yeah. And so really, you know, to be able to look at um, people who've aged well and, and look at the secrets for their success, I think is something that's really worthwhile using. And so what I've done is picked up um, research into aging, people aging or managing um, uh, various transitions in their life and looked at how that's navigated and negotiated well and how they've changed. And, you know, you can also compare that to people who aren't resilient yes. and see well, what it is that they don't have in their lives. And that itself was incredibly interesting. And help them get that resilience, I That's suppose. right, that's right. We'll be looking at different aspects of this over the next uh, couple of weeks as well. But for now, give us... An overview of what this book is saying. What are you saying in this book? What I'm saying in this book is that when you've got um, a really clear picture of what you have in your life, both from your past, that's the inside circle, and what you have in the present, what you're able to do is assess where your strengths are. And if you are able to see where your strengths are, you can actively connect your strengths to thrive. And that helps you to actually build more than just the areas that are strong, what happens is you have a flow-on effect to the areas that are weaker. Mm. So what that means is that look at looking at your seven different factors or seven areas of your life where your resilience might be evident and making sure that you treasure them, making sure that when you're making transitions in your life and they're going to be lost. So, for example, say you've got friends and a church group that you're involved in and yet you've, you're going interstate or going overseas. What do you do in order to help you trans trans 
transition very nicely into another yes. um, another zone. And what that means too is that you've got a bit of a plan of how to navigate and negotiate well in the next place that you go to. It might mean that as you're retiring or changing jobs that you start working out where your areas of strength are now and how you might be able to put in other areas of strength in your life so that you can cope and survive. Because I think... As I look back on my life, as I've transitioned between jobs, nations, mm -hmm. and houses and cities, I never think of this kind of stuff, actually. No, and I think this is um, probably uh, and you know the fact that you're involved in a church. Is when you're in a church community, yeah. what happens is that you have a lot of people. Um, that you're able to access. You get friends, you have events that you're involved in, and you have a sense of purpose in those. And oftentimes, church events are what we would call donut moments. It's probably the first thing that we asked about mm -hmm. as we were, say, moving to London, moving to Adelaide. Yes. What's the best church to go to? Yes. And you immediately found a community. Yes. And really, you know, I, I think sometimes we look at the best real estate places, but maybe what we need to be looking at is where is it most possible that yeah. we're going to have donut moments? And where are we going to be able to, to settle um, and connect? In a, you know, and that would be a much better place for us to move. Sometimes people might be afraid that, oh, it's all about me and I'm just thinking about myself. But that's not a bad thing in this kind of way. No, no. And this is what was so evident in the resilience research with elderly people who had managed very well. Um, what, it, what it meant was that they were much more robust. They had connected, very well connected in their communities and very well connected with their friends and were able to keep learning. So a number of factors were quite evident in their donuts. And that meant they were much more effective with, their, with the people around them. And I think in, you know, this is a little bit like how Christ tells us to be connected to, you know, to be in our communities, in our churches, and that when we're, when we're like that, we are much stronger and able to bounce forward. Now, that, that being so, I haven't, haven't just used Christian people in the, in the book. No, no, I haven't no, just no. interviewed people from Christian faith. And what was also evident is that people who had um, a real sense of meaning and purpose um, in their lives were much stronger. People with a spiritual connection were much stronger in their lives. And that just gave them uh, a sense of uh, a future that was different to others who didn't have um, a faith. And a sense of a bigger picture. That's right. That's right. You've gone through numbers of arenas where this will play out. And I want to cover four tonight. Mm. Um, education, families, friendships, and work and money. So can we do education first? Yeah, what, uh, what was interesting in the research from um, people who had uh, an education factor that was strong and that helped them with their resilience were those people who had some training in the past or had links to uh, a facility that they were able to um, learn. So it may be in, within the church that they were able to learn, but it might be that they did some training earlier in their lives and they kept revisiting it. So they continually were reading, continually keeping update, updated. They were also people who were um, savvy uh, with, with checking what needed to be learnt. So they weren't ready to say that they knew everything. Yes, okay? Yeah, that's right. Okay, so that was sort of that open, openness to learning. Yeah. But again, what was quite significant was having somebody who challenged them with their education. So it may be someone, you know, if education was strong, it might be that you're still connected to a university or um, a, a school and you have people who challenge you um, in your learning process. Uh, and I know in the workforce that I'm in, we have, a, we have what you call supervision. 
and when we have supervision, uh, we supervise each other and make sure that we're accountable to each other for learning new things. Yeah. And when we um, are in a supervision arrangement, it, it means that you sit there with someone, you think, oh, flip, they know heaps. I better go and read some more. And, and that's actually really helpful. Yeah. Uh, and that's, again, a strong factor in the education. So that's education. Yes. Families. How am I going to be resilient in families? <laughs> <laughs> now, what is interesting is that there's a tension. There's always tension in families. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> yes. Now, in each of the factors, there are tensions. And the tensions themselves actually make us stronger. Yes. So think of a guitar string. If you're nice and if you have it tight and it plays a nice tune, if it's too tight, it breaks. If it doesn't, if it's not tight at all, it's really floppy. So you can't play anything. So it needs to be tense. So in essence, in families, what we have is a lot of relationships that we have to work through. And very close ones. And close ones. And ones that we, you know, that are difficult. I think everyone's blessed with a difficult member in their family. So so it's really important that we make, make sure that we are able to navigate and negotiate that and learn from it. Sometimes that means that, you know, you move away for a little while and uh, other times it might mean that you re-examine how you think about them for a while. But families itself, the people with a strong family factor are constantly going in and reorganizing themselves with regard to their families. So it might mean that they're, they're moving with their families, they're, um, they're, Christmas becomes a challenge, but they're actually able to get close again and they're working through grief together and they're working through stages of life together. And what was really evident in the research is that those families who had gone through tough times, difficulties, were very, very strong. Why is that? I think when they go through adversity, I think that makes people stronger. Yeah. And when you go through it with other people, there is a bond a bond that occurs when you cry together. There's a bond that occurs when you um, have to reach out and be vulnerable with somebody else. But a lot of people would not want to go there. They'd want to avoid the difficulties yeah. and yeah. imagine that life's all hunky-dory. Yes. And, and that's, don't go there. And that's, the, that's when the baggage that we've got in our inner circle interacts with our external circle. And so, you know, the challenge is that maybe for some of those people, the family factor isn't a strong factor. So remember, you only need three of these factors to be strong. Yeah, it's like a three-legged stool. Once you've got three legs sitting on, with a a base on the top, you're you're actually able to sit on it. If you've got four, that's even better. But three is good. Less than three, you'll fall over. Yeah. So we need three factors, and families may not be it for a lot of people. Okay, there are also friendships as well. Yes, resilience in friendships. And again, we need the tension. So if you've got friendships that are You've got friends that you can have coffee with who say, oh, come on, you know, that's enough. You're being a bit silly. Or, you, Lynn, you're just talking talking too much here and you're taking over, which I is what my friends to say me. to me. <laughs> Do they? It's a good thing. Yeah. It's a really good thing because it becomes like a mirror to you and you feel okay because you know you're cared about and they're saying that because they care for you. As long as you can cope with that. As long as you can cope with that. Yeah. And, again, that's when our baggage comes into play. So when we navigate and negotiate well and if our friendships are close, you'll find that you'll be able to that that will be stronger that will overpower the friendships will overpower the baggage and so you're able to change so that tension again of having people who are close to you and love you but at the same time able to pull you up when you're being a bit over the top or not enough i suppose it's just being honest really yes 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 and caring i think it's really important that you've dealt with work 
especially, but also money. But work is such an area, I think, more and more where we're needing more and more resilience in this day yes, and age. Yes, and there's an awful, an awful lot of work done on workplace bullying. And um, and I know we work a lot with um, people from work cover and so on. And so looking at how you can work well in your environment, again, having that tension. And people with a strong work ethic and a real sense of meaning in their work um, were those people who were very resilient and got their resilience from work. So it may be that they're able to earn and spend, but it may also mean that the process of working for them becomes a real sense of purpose. And uh, and particularly if your work and your community or your work and your friendships are linked, you often find that people are, are thrive very well. Yeah. So. It doesn't just deal with bullying that is clearly a dynamic, but yes. there are more dynamics like they're bleeding the last drop of productivity out yes, of me. Yes, I can't cope with this anymore. Yes, yes. And, that's, and that's when you start seeing what you call um, a resource loss. So when you feel like you're burning out, workplace doesn't become a place of resilience. No. And that's a bit like pulling the guitar strings a little bit too tight and the tension in that particular factor is just about to ping. And it's, again, getting the balance between that. And when you've got a nice healthy tension in your work that you know I've got to keep going but yes I really love this work and yes I'm doing some hard work and I'm working working extra hours because I love it not because they're making me do it that's a nice tension but when you're feeling like you're being drained and nothing else can exist in your donut and all your energy has gone into just one factor you're going to fall over because there's no legs on the stool except for one so what do you say to people in that position I say let's be creative Okay. Let's manipulate some of the factors that you've got in your donut. Let's have a little look. If, if you can't get out of the work that you're doing and you can't move, how can you make your work a little bit more fulfilling? And it will be more fulfilling if you have personal contacts there that, that you know, you have some friendships. Um, it might mean going to, to the pub with some of the mates from work and, and, and chatting with them and having a, you know, a time where you just do something different to work. And so the friendships become a bit stronger and that helps you to establish that there's a bit more meaning there and connections. It seems with each of these arenas, this isn't work that's done alone if you want to be resilient. That's right. Yeah. Resilience is about connections. Resilient isn't you don't you're not born resilient. You don't have a personality trait that is resilient. You have uh, a connection with people, and people who are resilient are able to pull on those connections very well, and are so well connected that when they're going through difficulties, others come forward for them. And it might mean that they still go through difficulties. It doesn't resilience doesn't prevent you or protect you from adversity. No, no, no. It means that you're going to go through it, but you're going to actually go through it with the possibility of recovering a little bit quicker, um, sustaining life a bit better, and perhaps having some growth coming out of it. I think this is a great book, and it's a great topic for us on the human condition. Next week, take us into what we'll be covering next week, Lynn. Well, next week, I think I'd like to go through a little bit more about um, what it means to have some donut moments, hmm. and uh, you know how you set up a donut moment, and what you might be able to do. And I think sometimes it's just about taking advantage of the everyday, ordinary magic that happens in our lives. Yes, you're a good one for that. Yeah. <laughs> And then the following week, I'd really like to have a look at how we can use it in our transitions in life. 
So when you start thinking about, you know, planning ahead, you know, what, what am I going to do if I'm, you know, downsizing or what am I going to do if I'm starting to have a baby and starting to start a family? How do I manage my resilience through those processes? Those transitions are quite important. But also having a look to what happens when the adversity occurs and, you know, if there's a death of a loved one or some difficulties with one of your family members, what do you do when you're going through those times? I'm looking forward to... Same here. To really going through these with you. Yeah, me too. We just, before we should go, let people know where they can get it. Yes, you can get this from the Resilience Donut website. So it's www.resiliencedonut.com.au. Okay, we'll put the link up on our Open House Community Facebook page. But also, if you'd like to call now on 1300 40 2020, we've got five copies of Lynn's book for the first five callers. one 2020 Call now. Lynn, see you next week. See you next week, Lee. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.